Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And, uh, you know, several years ago, I preached a message. And I heard a, a man preach a message. And I was like, man, I love that message. That is a great message. I love that. And so I listened to it a couple more times. And I wrote down and, and wrote it down and wrote down, you know, the message and used a lot of it and, and put my two cents in there. And, and uh, I was asked to preach and I preached the message, and about two months later, that pastor came to the church that I was a part of. And he preached Sunday night. I'm like, man, that's great. He preached Monday morning, and he preached Monday night. Okay, good, good. He preached Tuesday morning, he preached Tuesday night, and I'm like, yes. He didn't preach his message that I had stolen from him. And uh, Tuesday night, we were at the uh, little fellowship we had after church, and we were talking. I was like, man, brother, thank you for not preaching this message. I told him the message. And he said, uh, I said, he go, why? I said, because I preached it just like two months ago. And I was so worried that you would have, you would have preached that message. And uh, he said, listen, I got it from the word of God. I stole it from Christ anyway. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Uh, and so I didn't steal it from him. I stole it from Jesus Christ, the Bible, the word of God. And so it was all good. Uh, but tonight, tonight, uh, uh, I heard this message actually a couple months ago. Uh, somebody sent it to me. I said, man, that is a great message. And there's so many people nowadays that are hurting. So many people that are going through things that you would not even imagine. And I hope tonight that I can be a blessing to you. And, uh, and, and the message, and we're looking at Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved." In whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to his purpose, of whom who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. And let's pray again. Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving us, Lord. And Lord, the opportunity to be here, Lord. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you know that I want to be a blessing to the people that are hearing this message tonight, Lord. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of people that are hurting. Dear Lord, I believe if we can take this thought and apply it in our life, Lord, that Lord, it would help many of us, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for what you've done by sending your son to die on the cross for us, Lord. Lord, we can't put a price on that. 
Lord, thank you again. Lord, help me tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, uh, believe it or not, um, August 8th, 1997. I had to look at the date. That's not even good because, uh, you know, you have to remember the day that you got married. And that's uh, August 8th, 1997. I uh, got married that day. That was many, many moons ago. Don't remember much about that summer. Don't remember much about what was going on. But on this day, uh, on this day in history, I stopped being concerned about just one person. I stopped being concerned about just one person, and we became, well, we were married as two people, but then the Bible says you do become one. And as time went on, we had three boys, believe it or not, and uh, so we have a family of five, but you know, we're all one. We are all one. Now, I'm concerned about five because we have five in our family, yet we actually become one because when two people get married, yes, there are two, but they become one. As important as that day is in history, it is just as important that today that I realize that I am married. So back uh, August 8, 1997, the day that we got married, the day that we said, I do, and you look back on that day, and I remember coming in from this side door over here and walking up there and standing there, and then the back doors opened, and these bells started ringing, and uh, uh, it was through the sound system, and, and uh, then the, the, the wedding march, and she came down the aisle, and her dad says, please take this girl. <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, and uh, I said, I do, and they brought him up there, and uh, I brought, no, just her. She came up there. And, and I said, I do. And she said, I do. And we were married. But the, the fact that we were married that day, I need to remember that I am married today. And when I get up in the morning, that I am married tomorrow. And as each day goes on, I remember the fact that I am married. I realize that I'm married. Today, I am married. Tomorrow, I am married. And I will live my life in such a way that I am married. That means as I go through life and as I go through the day, I want to protect my eyes. That means as I go throughout the day, I want to do right. I want to do everything that's going to uh, 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 obviously bring happiness to the marriage, but to make things right and keep things right in our married life. Because I am married, I put her needs in front of my own. Because I am married, it influences the way that I live every single day. Every day. I'd like to talk to you tonight about being redeemed. About being redeemed. There is a reality about walking in the past tense and being redeemed and the present tense of being redeemed. There is a monumental difference in knowing that the day that we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ is the day that we were redeemed. And the fact that we are redeemed even today. See, I believe sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget that, that we are redeemed every single day. Yes, there might have been a time I look back in my life, the day of salvation, the day I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And the day that I was saved is the day that I was redeemed and that I can live each day as though I am redeemed. The fact that when I got saved, my sin was on Jesus' shoulder and his righteousness went on mine. We, we went from being dead to alive on this day. I was redeemed. I do, do believe some of you were excited about the fact that you were saved 
But a lot of times, the excitement has stopped. A lot of times, the excitement has stopped, and we look back on our life, and we, we remember the day that we got saved. We remember the day that we were redeemed. But many times throughout so the day we got redeemed to now, we live our life, and maybe we mess up, and maybe we do things we shouldn't do, and we, we, we think, man, how can I even be doing this? I believe that we don't live each day as though we are redeemed. Do I know the truth about redemption presently? Present reality determines our behavior. We read Ephesians chapter 1, and let's look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. The Bible says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all what? Spiritual blessings. Verse 4, it says, uh, He hath chosen us. Verse 5, it says, We were adopted of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Verse 6, it says, to the praise of his glory. Verse 7, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. I really like verse 13. We'll skip to that one. It says, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Man, how exciting is that, that we are sealed with that promise? You know, I believe that many of us don't live each day as though we are redeemed. We don't live each day as that, that we have been redeemed. You know, there's a, a place that I like to go. I haven't been there uh, very much lately. I think last time I went was with some of the, uh, the children from uh, children's ministry here uh, for an activity. And we went to Chuck E. Cheese's, or some people call it Chunkin' Cheese's. But we went there to play some games. And listen, I don't know about you, but it, it comes to games. I am very competitive the first place I usually go to after the kids are all settled and taken care of and I pawn them off to everybody because I want to play my games, I go to the basketball goals and I look for the high score, high score 76. I'm like, okay, I can beat that. And so I'll put a quarter in there and I'll shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and I'll beat that score hopefully and I get all those tickets and I have those tickets and I'll hand them off to a, a child and then I'll go to the, the next basketball goal because, you know, they might have a high score. I want to beat that because I want my high score to be, the, 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 uh, to be in there and, and uh, I don't like the fact that they turn them off every night and then it resets and then there's a new high score, but... Um, every day but as you go around you go to the skeet ball and you, you go to the skeet ball and you try to get that hundred and you get all those tickets and every one of those tickets and then you go to the other game the, the big wheel that spins around you know and it has thousand tickets and hundred tickets and fifty tickets and five tickets and one ticket and you put your quarter in there or your token and you push the button and it spins and it spits out those those uh those uh, uh tickets and man and at the end after you've played all the games and all your dollars are gone you go to the machine, and it says, feed your tickets here, and you feed a ticket, and it's boom. And then you feed more tickets, and, and you, know, you got that big long spool, and, and you put that in there. And it counts all your tickets up, and then you have all your tickets in there, and you push the button. And it prints you out a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, it tells you what you can get. Let's say you ended up with 500 tickets. Man, that's exciting. Boy, you're excited. 500 tickets, and you go to the counter, and you stand there at the counter, and you're looking, and you can get, with 500 tickets, you can get two airheads. 
Not really, but it feels that way at times. Uh, usually it's like uh, maybe 10 tickets for, for, uh, for an airhead or something like that, or maybe 25, I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, it feels that way. You know, you got the, the first row of the, the cheap things and, and the candy, and then the next row and the next row. And then in the back, they have some items. And up there, they have, they have the remote control car, the remote control airplane. It's like 5,000 tickets. And it's like... Yeah, that ain't happening. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're looking and you have, that, you have that piece of paper and you're going to take that paper and you're going to redeem it for whatever you can right there at that time. The paper itself is worthless. If you were to offer it to somebody, they might give you a quarter, a couple of dollars for it. Who knows? But the paper itself is worthless. But what is printed on it is what matters. What is printed on that piece of paper is what matters. So what value is stamped on the redemption certificate of your life? What number is stamped on the redemption certificate of your life? We see in verse 13, the Bible says, in whom you also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. To stamp on a letter. We have been sealed by the owner. Many of you have seen the illustrations or you maybe watched it on TV or something like that when they would take a piece of paper and they'd roll it up and they would take that wax and, and they would put it, put it on there and then they'd take maybe the king's ring and seal it or they would take a seal and they would seal that up. Seal it. Listen, we have been sealed by the, His mark, the Holy Spirit. The seal is not with hot wax, but we have been sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, that ought to get you excited just right there. The fact that we have been sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when we get saved, we are sealed with the blood. And he lives in us. To be honest with you, there are some days I just don't get it. I just don't get it. There are days when I even don't understand why a holy God would want somebody like me. Why he would sacrifice his only son on the cross for me. Sometimes I think if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords lives inside of me, shouldn't I be farther along in my Christian life? I look back on the day that I got saved, May 10th, 1981, a long time ago. And I think, man, as a Christian, shouldn't I be further along in the Christian life? But it reminds me, he will not force me to obey or follow his will. I do think sometimes, and I ask the Lord, why would you want to live in me? Aren't you bothered maybe by the words that I say? Aren't you bothered by the thoughts that I have? But he identifies me as, he's, as his very own. I think sometimes we walk around with the redemption certificate of our life that has been stamped by the blood of Jesus Christ, and the true value of that certificate is beyond measure beyond measure but maybe on the back side all we see is a piece of paper see that 
the same piece of paper that we would take to Chuck E. Cheese, and we walk up to the counter. We have the counter there. On one side, it has the redemption and what it is worth and how much that certificate is worth. On the back side, is blank. I think many times we live our life that way. See, we have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We've been redeemed, and many times we walk around in the Christian life, and, oh, I'm worthless. We look at the back of our certificate, and we see nothing. Listen, I believe that we can get up every day and understand that we have been redeemed. So what are you worth before the King of kings and Lord of lords? When the Lord looks at you, what does he see? The first question I ask you is, what are you worth? And what is your redemption certificate worth? The second is, question is, who determines that number? Who determines that number? Just like Chuck E. Cheese, the, the better I play the game, the better I live my life, the higher score, the more tickets that I get determines how valuable I might be. Chuck E. Cheese may determine the value of the redemption certificate to bring to the counter. The government may determine the value of the dollar bill or the bill you're holding in your hand or in your wallet or in your purse. When we look at our life, maybe we look at it as I determine the value. I determine how much I'm worth. What I do and the places I go and the things that I uh, take care of, I determine that. Maybe I'll play life better. Maybe I'll, well, listen, we don't determine the value. Is it other people? Is it other people that might determine your value? Other people that are scoring us and giving us value? We live this life of what, we will, uh, what people will think. Uh, if we're afraid we're going to offend them, what they might think, oh, I probably let them down, or, uh, or we don't even know who we're even talking about. We're worried about other people. You know those people that, those people are never happy when they're always living to please others. So who's, who, the, the, who uh, what is your worth? Uh, do I determine that? Do, does others determine my worth? Or is it God? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, which gives us the redemption of our certificate of life. We see in verse 14 where it says, Unto the praise of His glory, that it gives Him great pleasure to inhabit the sinful body. He gets to determine what numbers are written on my life. When I walk up to the counter of God's economy, when I walk up to the counter of Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese determines the value of that certificate. When I walk up to God's counter and he determines the value, behind the counter is his kindness, his grace, his gifts, his plans, his mercy, his future hopes and dreams. And I look down at the certificate of my life and it says, no limits. It says unlimited. I'll take some grace. I'll take some of those gifts. I'll take his strength. Oh man, I'll take it all. I need that. And many times we get up throughout the day and we, go, we look back on our life and we see what we've done time and time again, how we've failed and we've slipped up. Don't we understand that we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ? 
Don't you understand that we can get up every single day and say, Lord, dear God, I need your strength today. Lord, I need your mercy today. Lord, I need your help today. Lord, please, I've got to help you. Why? Because we have been redeemed. I was redeemed back then, May 10th, 1981, and I am redeemed every single day. I was married August 8th, 1997. I was married, and I am married today. Maybe we think that, oh, that's for other people. That's for other guys. That's for pastors. That's for deacons. That's for, for no, listen. You, if you've been redeemed, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ and he, he has gone into your heart, listen, you have been redeemed. We go to God's counter and redeem the certificate of our life. And we can have his grace. We can have his power. We can have his strength. We can have his kindness and many other things he has to offer us. They are unlimited And it's not because of anything that I've done because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't. And sometimes I even look back on the things that I've done in my life and I'm thinking, man, Lord, why would you even want to use me? Lord, why do you want to use me? But I got to stop and say, listen, I've been redeemed. When God looks at me, he looks at Jesus and he sees my sins. And then he looks at me and he sees Jesus' righteousness. Man, that is exciting. And it's not because of anything that I've done. It's because God loves us so much that he sent his only son for us. It is through his love that he wants to show us, to shower us with gifts, unlimited gifts. I hope that each and every one of you listening to the sound of my voice has come to a time that you realized that you're a sinner, that you realize that you deserve hell. And listen, I hope that you have been redeemed. Listen, if you haven't, get it taken care of tonight. Have that day that you know that you were redeemed. Some of you are thinking about it right now. Some of you are thinking about it. Maybe it was a church building. Maybe it was in a car. Maybe it was somebody knocked on your door. You're at the front, front door of your house and somebody's sharing the gospel. And that's a day that you were redeemed. Maybe we've kind of fallen off by the wayside a little bit. And you've done some things that, man, you know aren't right. Listen, we are redeemed every single day. We can't help but become the person we already think we are. We can't help but become the person we believe we already are. So if I believe it's up to me, if I believe that it's up to my performance, if I believe that it's what I do and how I live my life, probably not going to go very far. I'm probably going to fail. But if, but you know, just like a, a car, when you drive it, you know, and you're looking out this way, and you know, I'll be, I'll be driving on a trip, and and I'll be driving, and I'll be looking out this way. And my wife's like, "Are you awake? You awake?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I, I got this. I got this." You know, and you're driving, and and you know, you hear something on the side of the road, and and uh, I, I got this. You know, it's it's what where we're looking is where we're going many times. On the other hand. If we were learn to walk daily in the reality of redemption and knowing that I have every spiritual blessing of Christ, that I am a vessel for the Holy Spirit of God showering me with kindness and he wants to bless me, he's given me all wisdom and courage. You know what direction that I'm going to be moving in? That's right. 
towards God. And that's the direction that I want to be moving in. That's the direction that I, as a Christian, I want to be moving in. I want to be drawing closer to God. I want to get up in the morning and say, dear God, I need you today. Lord, I need your kindness today. i got to deal with some people. Lord, I need your love today. Lord, please help me. Lord, I need your strength. I need your power. Every day we can have that. we got so many people out there, though, that you're sitting back and you're underneath that juniper tree and you're sulking and you're, you're, you're pouting and, oh, man, poor me and poor me. And listen, listen, we do mess up. We're human. But listen, you've been redeemed and we can go to that counter that God has for us and get anything we want unlimited. Unlimited. I walk in wisdom. I walk in discernment. I walk in mercy. I walk in kindness. Why? Because my eyes are focused on what they need to be focused on. We can't help but become the person we already believe we are. There's a story in the Bible, and uh, it's found in 2 Samuel. You don't have to turn there. 2 Samuel, and I, I won't read it all, but it's found in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. The story of Mephibosheth, how obviously you know that he was crippled. He was Jonathan's son. How one day, maybe he was at, the, at his house and, and two days journey away from where King David was. And uh, he hears a knock on the door and, and uh, he stops and listens. And he hears the fact that while he's in the house there, he's, he's working on some, maybe some bowls. He's making bowls and maybe making some, some cups, you see, because he can't get out in the field. He can't get out there and do the work like other people because he would have been crippled since he was five years old. And he hears the knock on the door, and, and the, the, the men say, this, we're, this is David's soldiers. We're here for Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth knew that this day would come. He knew this day would come. He, he was so worried. He'd been worried for many years now that, that this day would come. And he hears the knocking on the door, and, and, and his uncle answers the door, and, and Mephibosheth, and who, who is that? And Mephibosheth said, it's me. It's me. I had kind of changed my name just so people wouldn't know who I was. They said, come with me. They picked him up, picked his chair up, put him on a, on a, uh, a cart, on a, uh, and went a two days journey to see King David. They get to the palace there where King David was, and, and uh, they bring Mephibosheth in there to King David, and they, they, they set him down, and, and Mephibosheth, said, he says, he bows down, and he says, Listen, I'll be your servant. I'll be your servant. Because he knew that probably David was going to kill him or throw him in prison because he was supposed to be the king. He was the, the, the line of Saul and uh, of Jonathan. And, and uh, he said, man, I knew this day would come. I was hoping it wouldn't come, but I knew this day would come. And, and so he's there on the palace floor. And, and he says, he's sitting there on the palace floor. He said, I'll be your servant. I'll be your servant. I'll do whatever you want. And King David says, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Look up here. Don't be afraid. He said, listen, I'm going to take everything 
that your dad owned. Everything that he had. Everything that Jonathan had, it's yours. I'm giving it back to you. And uh, uh, Ziba, the, the, the servant that was there, said, you're going to have him and uh, his uh, son. He had 15 sons and 20 servants. And so you're going to have 35 people that are going to work the land for you and bring you all the fruits and take care of you and, and supply all the needs for you. Man, not even what he expected. Not even what he expected. He expected certain death that uh, King David would would, uh, maybe kill him or put him in prison. Not what he expected. Then he says, not only only are you going to get all your land back and all your possessions back that Jonathan had, but you're going to sit at the table with me. When we have supper, when we have lunch and breakfast, you're going to sit at the table with me. As Mephibosheth would come to the table, he would look to the right and see King David sitting there. And as he would glance back, he couldn't help but notice his crippled feet. He would look at the table and at the end would be King David as he sat there to eat. And as he would look, he would see, go to eat, he would see his crippled feet. You see, several years ago, as There was a fight and the servant lady tried to get uh, Mephibosheth out of there. She tripped and fell and his legs were broken and he'd been crippled ever since. Crippled beyond repair. You see, I'm still crippled. Nothing has changed, but each day I make a decision. Mephibosheth says, which one defines me? The king on my right Or the wounding in my past? The king on my right? Or the wounding in my past? Listen, every day we can get up and we say, I'm redeemed. I can go to that counter and ask the Lord to help me throughout the day. And I can look to the king of kings and the Lord of lords and not look at my past. Many times we look at our past and we say, how can God use me? I have two questions for you before we finish tonight. Number one, we made it to the room. We made it to the room. We're sitting there at the table. We're his sons. You see, we got brought before the king of kings. We are crippled. We're outcast. He pronounced over us the blood of Jesus Christ and we are saved. Man, how exciting that is. We don't have to die and go to hell. But that is entirely different than believing. We have men and women that show up, go to church, but they feel they're just lucky that they just did not die. I'm lucky I got saved. I did not die. Listen, can I tell you? Salvation is just the starting point. Christ wants to use you so much more. Christ wants to use you. The fact that you have been redeemed. You were redeemed. Maybe it was yesterday that you got saved. Maybe it was two years ago that you got saved. Maybe it was 20 years ago that you got saved. That you were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you? We don't have to sit there and think about our past. Man, we can look to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and every day we can get up and say, thank God, woo, I can have the power, I can have the strength, I can have the love, I can have the kindness that he can give me. Unlimited, unlimited. How exciting is that? 
when you picture God? What do you see on your face? What expression do you see on his face? I told my boys that story of Mephibosheth several months ago. It's just, man, it's exciting to me. And I didn't tell it as good as I would like to have. I said, close your eyes. When you think of God, what do you see? What do you see? And when I did that, I, I see his arms open saying, come to me. Come to me. A loving God. A God that loves me so much that he would send his only son for me. When you picture God's face, what do you see? You know, I have three boys and it's amazing. We, we have a great time. We have a great time. You know, the, my firstborn, when I held him, I had to look at my son and say, what a stupid little sinner that is. No. No. I said, man, I was boo-hooing. I was crying. I said, this is a miracle of God. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Now, my second son, no, same thing. Man, that's the way God looks at us. Number two, who will continue helping you to the table? You see, Mephibosheth sits there, and every day, every day, somebody's got to go get him, pick him up, and bring him to the table. Every day for breakfast, for lunch, or for, and for supper, they have to bring him to the table. Can I ask you this? Who are you bringing to the table? Who are you helping out? Who are you helping out in, in your life? Listen, we ought to be to a place, if we've been saved for a long time, we have a place where we can help people. Who are you helping to get to the table? Who can count on you to make it to the table? Many times we keep looking down at our crippleness. Oh, poor me. Poor me. I can't do it. When we can look to the right and look to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen, maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're going through uh, an alcohol problem, a drug problem, a, a, a sexual problem, a, uh, whatever it might be. You're going through something. Listen, we can look to the King of kings. Why? Because we were redeemed back then and we're redeemed today. I was married way back then, and I am married even today. Listen, if you've been redeemed, live a life that is pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looks.